Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Milwaukee, start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, sports cars, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, here's your host... Steve Zaki. And welcome to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with David Hobbs Honda, and of course the Father's Day extravaganza, as I've been calling it, at the Milwaukee Mile this weekend. Make sure to get out to the Milwaukee Mile tomorrow. And you're going to see some good racing. I was out there earlier today getting some interviews, working on the show, and it is uh, shaping up to be a pretty cool event. We have cars on the racetrack as we speak at the Milwaukee Mile, and we'll be talking more about that. And in fact, let's kind of go we'll go through the itinerary of the show today. So uh, coming up next, we're going to have Jim Trado on the show. We'll be talking about not only about the racing at the Milwaukee Mile uh, coming up tomorrow, but also... Uh, ARCA late model, the stock car series, I should say, uh, was in Madison last night and uh, had a pretty interesting race there. So we'll talk a little bit about that with Jim Trado. We also talked with uh, Dennis Michelson of D-Mike Media and uh, get caught up in the world of NASCAR and stock car racing and seeing what's going on there. Uh, and at the top of the hour, uh, in the 1 o'clock hour, we'll be talking with Indy Lights driver Aaron Tielitz, who will be racing in the Indy Lights race at Road America this coming re- weekend. Lots of racing going on at Road America coming up. And then also we'll have David Hobbs on the show. Uh, we'll be talking about the controversy in the uh, Canadian Grand Prix. And also, let's not forget, who I just spoke with earlier today, Rich Bickle Jr. Of course, uh, the uh, NASCAR driver, Wisconsin legend, is running this weekend at the Milwaukee Mile. So we'll be chatting with him, getting caught up with uh, what's going on in the life of Rich Bickle. Always interesting interview, interesting fella, and a fan favorite. So certainly looking forward to that. And uh, joining me in studio today, it is Mitch Ross, pitch hitting for the Polish pipe bomb. Rich Bickle, that's that's a touch. That, you Rich can get in Bickle. trouble in saying that one on the radio, Rich I Bickle think. Rich Bickle Jr. There's a lot of ways you can go there saying that one if you're not if you're not careful. Yeah, he's a fan favorite. He's been around. He's been racing uh, since he was a teenager in the late seventies and, uh, retired and it's coming back and just kind of racing here and there, picking the races he wants to be in. And, and of course the Milwaukee mile is one that he wants to cross off as a, as a track where he has not won yet, but wants to race. And, uh, this, this would be pretty cool if uh, rich could go out there tomorrow, win the race tomorrow. And what's the weather? I mean, was the weather holding? Good? Looks good. It I looks mean, okay. it's warm out there now. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it it's. Uh, you know they're talking. That was this. really windy yesterday. Yes, Winds which are, I can't believe would help matters. We were doing some setup at the Milwaukee Mile yesterday at the track, and it was windy. And, and the tents nowadays, 
the the people who make the tents and set up the tents for a living, they got it down to an art because those things didn't move. They got it. Uh, so there's some uh, tents out there, those little pop-up tents. Yeah, so, it's, it's not just a couple, you know, plastic. Yeah, I would, uh, I would not advise doing that yesterday because I guess they had wind gusts up to 45 miles an hour in Milwaukee. Yeah, it was definitely pretty. I, I know I was uh, at the station here last night. I got home after the on-deck show. I was getting ready to settle in and watch the Brewer game last night, and I'm just hearing weird noises, and it's like, oh, that's the wind. Okay. <laughs> and then all yeah, all day yesterday was rough, but it, just looking out the window here in Hales Corners, I mean, it doesn't look too bad, so. Hopefully, you know, things kind of clear well, up. The weather, it's it's clouding up a little bit, but um, they're saying that the, there's a, a cold front that's coming through. But right now, if you're sitting out in the sun, yeah, it's you, like get 80 little, degrees. you get a little sweat on your brow. So actually, when the, when the winds change uh, this afternoon, it might actually feel pretty good because uh, the, winds, the temperature should drop about, they said about 15 degrees or so. It'll be worse if you're cl- closer to the race or to the lakefront. But if you're at the racetrack today, you know, about 15 degrees, well, okay, you go from 80 to 65. That actually might be a bit of a relief for you uh, this afternoon. Yeah, and, and so now it's been how many years since they had a race at the at the mile? Three years. Okay. Three years and uh, – So no pressure. We've been <laughs> we've been running uh, some vintage – well, there's been racing at the mile, but not your traditional oval track racing. They've been doing uh, some drag racing, street drags out there. They've had – I'm involved in the organization. We do a vintage IndyCar event uh, the, second, the weekend after the 4th of July. And uh, this this weekend or this uh, next month we'll be doing it July uh, 12th and 13th. It will be our 25th year in doing that for the Harry, Harry Miller Club. Uh, so, I mean, lots of activities going on there. But this is the first traditional where we got four racing series out there. We got a 100-lap late model race going out there tomorrow. And this is a chance for people who you have know, been saying, oh, yeah, they should be, uh, yeah, they should race it. Well, get your butt out there. Tickets are reasonable. You can get them. There. I think day of the race, if you wait till the day of the race, they're $30. If you go to Menards, you can get a discount. Like 20 right? To, yeah, 20 or $25. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that, that's a good price. And you're going to have not only, you're going to have the late model racing. We have full field out there. It's all those cars, good-looking cars out there. They have vintage stock cars out there, and including a Dick Trickle late model tribute car which i'll be posting what about rich bickle Rachel, rich bickle will be out there in the 45 out there uh, but not in the vintage series he's ra- he's racing in the big show and then uh not only that we have the mid-amp stock cars which always put on a, a good race out there they've been out at the at the milwaukee mile before and the vintage racing the vintage indie registry which is vintage indie cars and they got about 28 30 cars out there uh, real nice collection of uh, not only indie roadsters but your rear engine cars uh, just uh, they have a bill simpson cheetah chevrolet that ran at milwaukee in 69 and 70 we have a couple of dan gurney eagles out there one of uh, mark donahue uh, that mark donahue drove in 1973 there's a bobby unzer olsenite eagle from 1972 out there so lots of uh different vehicles out there for the fans to take a look at and uh, what's cool about the Vintage Indy Registry, you can walk up to the cars, talk to the owners, they'll tell you all about the car. So a lot of neat things going on at the Milwaukee Mile. So I tell you what, let's take a quick break now. And then when we come back, we'll talk to uh, Jim Trado, uh, who's at the Milwaukee Mile, and get the latest with him. And uh, we'll talk more about the Milwaukee Mile and lots of things coming up as the racing series or racing season is certainly heating up. And finally, the weather's heating up, too, in, in uh, Wisconsin. So... You're listening to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary 
Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with David Hobbs Honda. And don't forget the Father's Day extravaganza racing at the Milwaukee Mile is returned Father's Day tomorrow. Make sure you get out there. Final Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with David Hobbs Honda. And, of course, the Milwaukee Mile extravaganza occurring tomorrow. Make sure you get out there to the Milwaukee Mile as racing has returned to the Venerable Speedway. And you've people, the fans have requested it, and Bob Sargent at Track Enterprises has brought it back. In fact, joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is Bob Sargent from Track Enterprises. Bob, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, thank you very much. Well, this is pretty cool. I was out there earlier this morning, and we had a quick chat, and, and uh, it, it it's kind of neat going out to the Milwaukee Mile and seeing the pit and paddock full of race cars. It's kind of exciting, isn't it? Yeah, very exciting. You know, they just rolled in this morning, and campers everywhere. We've got all these race cars and these big expensive haulers, and, and, and as you said, we're on track now with practice. They're rotating through the different divisions, and... Uh, Man, the cars are fast, and this looks like it's going to be a great set up a great day for tomorrow. And it looks good too. Of course, the headliner is the the Arca Midwest Tour, and uh, you know the, these are late model cars, but these are good looking cars. I mean, these are late model; they're quick cars, but they're sharp looking cars, and a lot of young drivers too in the series. And uh, I, th- I think that, you know, the, like uh, of course uh, we well, we're gonna have uh, Rich Bickle on the show later, but you got uh, Ty Majeski and uh, and a few other drivers. Who are some of the guys that we should look out for in this series? Well, you know, as you said, those two there, uh, uh, Travis Braden. You know, he's a ARCA driver. There's just a lot of good guys out here that can win this race. I mean, we get up in the mid 40s in car count that means they all have to run hard and there's a lot of quality cars so you know we do expect a lot of super late model 100 lap race it's going to be a big event there at three o'clock tomorrow but all these other race cars are going to put a good show on too and trucks we don't want to forget them and we've got the vintage indie group here uh, on exhibition so just a little bit for everyone it certainly is and and i saw those guys out there earlier too and then also the uh um the mid-am cars which have been a stalwart on the short tracks in uh in Wisconsin for a while now, and when they grace at, at, at the mile, they certainly put on a good show. And this is kind of their Super Bowl for a lot of these drivers, isn't it? It is. It's Super Bowl for for a lot of them. even even the super late models. You know, this is such a, a nice facility. It's clean. It's it's well maintained. Safety's a number one. Just everything's good about this facility, and it is a larger track that we get to do once a year. And uh, we 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 had you on the show earlier, and I think the good news. Uh, uh, for, for the fans is that the infield is going to be open. So if they want to come out to the race tomorrow, they can certainly tailgate and uh, bring a grill in and, and do some cooking in the infield, can't they? We encourage it. You know, it's Father's Day. We kind of put this together on purpose over the winter, a Father's Day, bring the family out, bring the kids, play the Frisbee and football there in the infield. So we've got a discounted price in the infield, $20 um, per person. Um, again, just a different type way of, of spending your Sunday afternoon and, Anybody else wants to go to the grandstand? There's plenty of tickets left. Just come out here tomorrow and uh, get them in the grandstand. It's certainly a lot of fun when you do a race like this because you'll see a lot of people, especially a big event like this, 
Uh, there's, there's certainly a lot of people that, that come out to the track that you, 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 you may not have seen in a while. Are there any any fellas that you've seen at the track that, oh, I haven't seen this guy in a few years. It's really good to see him. Oh, you know, we run into people like that all the time, you know, and, you know, Tim Dell, Rose Holt, the IndyCar owners here, just a lot of different people will be here tomorrow especially. So, you know, you never know who you're going to run into to get autographs. But we, uh, along with the whole show all day long, we want to remind the, the family, the the dads and kids, you can come down after the race to get autographs from these drivers. And more importantly, what time do the gates open tomorrow? Gates are going to open actually at 7 a.m. in the morning for the uh, infield to get going. We'll be practicing at 9, and um, grandstand tickets will be open, I believe, at 9 o'clock. And, of course, you're, you're, you're a busy guy, and uh, I had a couple of people ask me, is this, you know, all that Bob does? I said, well, Bob has a lot of a lot of a lot of tongs in the fire. So, talk to the to, to the listeners. What are some of the other? Of course, you want what you you probably had one of the biggest Hoosier hundreds in 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 a while, uh, unfortunately, which is going away at the Indiana Fairgrounds. But uh, Silver Crown and, and a lot of other races on your agenda too. Yeah, we're proud of what All Track Enterprises does. I think we're in fourteen different states, about twenty four different facilities about 80 races a year we do so encourage everybody to look at trackenterprises.com the old illinois state fair is coming up with arc and USAC, the coin state fair we've actually got a super late model race up here at wilmont july 2nd you know we do world of outlaws and USAC at Terre Haute. so again we're uh, all over the country we've got a pavement race at elko minnesota coming up gateway so uh just again trackenterprises.com and you can check out our whole schedule Okay, Bob. We you know talking about Bob Sargent with Track Enterprises, who's at the Milwaukee Mile. What what series is on the track right now? Uh, Supers just got off, and now we've got Vintage on here. Yep. Very good. Well, Bob, we certainly appreciate you taking time out uh, on on the uh, final inspection show, and uh, get out to the Milwaukee Mile tomorrow, Father's Day. You know, Father's Day is not him mowing the lawn and then having him grill something. Father's Day is is letting him go out to the racetrack and enjoy himself, isn't it, Bob? Absolutely. You know what? If you really have to, you can do all the above. We'll be out of here at (laughs) 5 o'clock tomorrow and go home and do your dinner then, do your dinner in church before you come out to the track. But really encourage everybody to come on up to the track tomorrow afternoon. All right, that's uh, Bob Sargent from Track Enterprises. Bob, we certainly appreciate it. I'll see you in a few – I'll see you in a couple hours when I'm back at the track. Sounds good. And we also have the drag races tonight. So All right. Fantastic. Bob Sargent from Track Enterprises joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Looking to buy, build, renovate, or refinance in 2019? Look no further and call Great Midwest Bank today. Great Midwest Bank providing simply local common sense lending to your community since 1935. Joining us next, we're going to have Dennis Michelson from DMike Media. We're going to talk some NASCAR and all sorts of racing kind of coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. Final inspection. Final inspection. Now, Dennis Michelson of D-Mike Media is here to give us the inside track on NASCAR and the world of short track racing. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. And joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline from D-Mike Media, it is Dennis Michelson. Welcome to the show, sir. Mr. Zotke loved that interview with Mr. Bob Sargent. He's simply the best promoter in the business. We got to start off with, I guess it's some breaking news. And um, this is this is kind of ridiculous. 
but I got I got to share this with you. Now, I I did ask you if you knew about this. You didn't hear about this, so I'll just read it from uh, Speedsport.com. Our friends down there, Ralph Shaheen and his group. Oh yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, with South with uh, South Dakota's who set Speedway struggling to find a buyer, track officials are taking a radical step to find a new owner. On August. 13th, who set Speedway will play host to the first of its kind 410 sprint car race that will see the winner become the new owner of the entire 70 plus acre facility, wow. including the track, buildings, lights, website, and branding. Though the rules wow. are, are for the event are unofficial at this time, track officials said in a post that each team that enters will be required to pay a non refundable. $200,000 deposit. Anyone choosing to enter after the registration deadline will be required to pay an extra $75,000. Race will feature a minimum field of 18 cars and a maximum wow. field of 36 cars. I can tell you right now they're not going to get 36 cars. I don't even think they're going to hit 18. I don't think they're going to get 10. I just wanted to announce at this time that I will be having a go-kart race in the driveway of my house, everybody uh, brings in a all, all they have to bring in is a hundred thousand dollars, and the winner will will get my house. So minimum wow. a minimum of uh, six six entries are needed for this event, and uh, well, I I think uh, that's a fair deal, huh? I, I think I think you've got a winner here. I I really do. Um, you know, it's just. Uh, you got to get innovative in today's world. You know, you you got to do something spectacular to get the interest. Yeah, you know, when I heard about, when I heard you talking about this, it this speedway actually has an interesting history because it was owned by a guy who was involved in a day loan, uh, like a day lending program that was tied into uh, Native American um, owners. So they could get away from a lot of the rules that the government has. Are you talking about our, our friend at Level Level Five Motorsports? Oh, it was crazy. So yeah. yeah, so there was a lot of there were a lot of things that were involved, and we've seen other guys, like you say, we've seen other guys that were involved in that business get busted and be out of racing real quick. There was a similar tie, and not quite as uh, unreputable, but. Uh, that that's where a lot of the money came from is what I understand. And, uh, you know, they, they fell under hard times like everybody has in the industry. So that's an, that's an original way to come up with a sale, but 200 grand per team. I think they set the bar a little high. I, I think they did. I think it's, I, I, we've seen some crazy things in auto racing through the years, Dennis, but this is, this one is right up there, isn't it? Yeah, there's. It's funny. It reminds me of uh, the racetrack business conference one year where we were just having a good time talking about all the goofy stunts that you could pull at the track. And you know, one of our guests up on the stage suggested that we go uh, anti-political correctness and have a win a Russian bride night out at the track. This is almost <laughs> as crazy to, to win a to win a racetrack, but. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It's, uh, to me, it seems like, you know, when I, when you said it, I thought 50 grand would right. be the price. Right. I thought maybe like a, like a $50,000 stake 
get into this race would be uh, would be a good prize. But uh, two hundred grand, they're going to have well, a hard time filling that. That's an engine. I mean, that's roughly roughly uh, you know a sprint car engine, fifty grand. Yeah, yeah. Two two hundred thousand. That's yeah. that's a sizable, you know, price of the uh, of your your yearly you know stipend. Most that you your put. budget. Yeah, yeah right, that's right. most your budget. Yep. So I mean, I, I just, I, I, even, even a, a NASCAR C- Cup team, I think a lot of would be would struggle. I mean, not not your super teams and that, but I mean, even your 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 bigger teams in NASCAR or IndyCar would struggle with that to come up. Yeah, with not a lot. Of, not a lot of teams have an extra two hundred thousand in cash that they just want to throw around. Right. But uh, but intriguing idea. Maybe they'll drop the uh, the value a little bit. You know, if you got twenty tra- or twenty guys minimum at fifty grand a piece, that's still a fair amount of cash. Okay, but well, it beats beats having the facility empty. Well, you're, okay. Let's say you know the Dennis Michelson racing team with uh, Mitch Ross as its driver actually wins this thing. Do we really want this? <laughs> I mean, first of all, okay, it's in South Dakota. I apologize ahead of time to any listeners in South Dakota, but not exactly the place I want to live. It's in the middle of nowhere. It, it it's you know one of the hardest things to do in life right now. I think is is being a racing promoter. God bless Bob Sargent, but I mean he's yeah. a, a, that's a tough job he's doing this weekend trying to get fans in, in the stands at Milwaukee and across the country. It's not the easiest sell. In fact, any sports promotion, you got to really hustle. I mean, the, the you know, if you, the Brewers here are, are are doing quite well, but there's a lot of other major league baseball teams that have a hard time putting, you know, ten fifteen thousand people in the stands every day or for every game. So I mean, it's not an easy. I mean, okay, so you win the track, but. Then it really gets hard. You got to run this thing, and and that's not the not definitely not an easy thing to do, is it, Dennis? It's a good way, you know. The, the old saying in in uh, racing is true. If you want to make a large or a small fortune <laughs> yes. in racing, start with a large fortune and then go racing. And that's the same way with being a track owner. Um, you know, it's, it's ironic uh, you bring this up because. Years ago, I thought my home track, Sycamore, Illinois, where where I used to live, I thought that track was going to have some issues because they were, you know, people just weren't as loyal to the track as they could be. New ownership, and now the place is soaring. But it takes a lot of work to make a very small amount of money uh, in the racing world. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's tough because you are literally – at the mercy of the weather, you're at the mercy of uh, competitors, and you're, you know, in South Dakota, you've got a relatively short window for racing. It's not like you're down in Texas where your race season can go from, mm-hmm. you know, February through November. You here, you gotta gotta worry about a real tight schedule, and you know, it's it's tough. I, you know, that's a surefire way to lose more money. I think uh, so. I don't think they're gonna get anywhere with that, but. Hey, a great promotion, though. I love it. Could we, in the future, could we see Monday night NASCAR racing? <laughs> you know, it, the interesting thing is, yes, for trucks in Xfinity Series. 
Um, I actually think that having some midweek races for the trucks in the Xfinity, if they could find the TV partner willing to do it, would be a great idea. And that's because you're not getting the crowd at the track anyway. For Cup, it's very complicated because a Cup weekend is not just like the Brewers holding a baseball game. It's a whole weekend thing, just like Bob Sargent was talking about. You know, campers on the facility that will be there all weekend. You know, it's when you have a racing event, it is a whole weekend extravaganza if you do it right. And I just can't see how that would fit with Monday night racing at the cup level because it would take away too much from the gate. I think um, if we did see a return to the short tracks like the NASCAR, like the NASCAR truck series, was originally, I think it would definitely work. Um, you know, yeah. because they, they raced at a lot of the tracks, unfortunately, which aren't around anymore or, or not in the same configuration, like uh, Flemington, New Jersey, or Mansfield, yep. Ohio, some of those tracks, or some of the, the tracks on the West Coast up in Oregon and Washington State, where, you know, we, we, we've we talked about this before, where those guys would come into town and it was, uh, you know, I mean, people were that's where some of the hauler parades and that started because that was such a big thing for that, that town for these guys to come in and some of the big stars. And it was cool to see those guys, you know, manhandling those cars, seeing guys like Rich Bickle, who we're going to have on the show later, uh, you know, wrestle those trucks and that it was entertaining. I remember those races at Mansfield, Ohio and that, and, and they were, they were really fun to watch, weren't they? Oh, my goodness. The the short track version of that was fantastic. And when they would do their West Coast swing uh, in the old truck series, of course, that was when Craftsman sponsored them. And Craftsman Tools with the strong tie-in with Sears. The, the racers during the week would make an appearance at, at Sears stores all over the area. And, in fact, the Sears auto departments would let the teams work in their garages after the store closed so they could have their trucks ready for the the next weekend of racing. So you had great sponsor tie-ins with everything and, you know, you really have the support, but that was a, that was a brand of racing. When you had those trucks, Mm -hmm. the lower tech trucks on, and it wasn't very expensive to run a truck in the uh, craftsman truck series back in the day. In fact, some of the guys had budgets that were not much more than what you would have for a late model program at a, you know, at a really good track. So you actually had a budget that you could go racing, and they did it in smart ways with the tour. Um, you know, now everything's got to be high-tech and big, and it's like, guys, I get it. You want these guys safe, but you could have a safe chassis with low-tech and you know, not much downforce, high horsepower, you know, and you could pull this off, especially on the short track. It would be great racing again. I'd love to see the trucks back at places like South Boston, you mm-hmm. know, for yeah. instance. Uh, you know, just, oh, my goodness, there's so much great racing back in the day with the truck series. and You know, bigger track-wise is not always better. And I used to love the uh, truck series events at the mile, though, I mean, this was a time where running a mile track for the truck series was very unusual. So this was almost like their Daytona because they were doing it before Daytona. 
So those races were great, too, because, of course, the mile runs like a short track. It is a, it's a fabulous facility to go see a race. And, uh, you know, just like this weekend, get out there, support the Milwaukee Mile, folks. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, don't come complaining to me uh, when this track is no more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but uh, you're right. Truck series, when they were on tracks of a mile and less, that was the glory days of the truck series. And I think those races would be very good at night. And the, and the budget was where a local guy or a local team could put a package together and be part of that. So you had a lot of West Coast uh, guys and teams that would, you know, step up into the truck series. If you if you look at the – go to Wikipedia and go look at, you know, NASCAR truck series, you know, 1995, 1996, and, and the amount, the different – all the different teams that – didn't run the entire series, but there's a lot of teams that maybe just ran four or five races in their area, kind of dipping their toe in into the series and, and, and you know, going to that next level, which unfortunately you're not seeing as much uh, as you have in the past. No, because you can't build the trucks the way you could in the past. You know, the trucks were, it used to be where, you know, if you didn't want to spend a lot of money, well, great. All you had to do is invest more time and build the trucks yourself. You could have a small staff put the truck together, or even a, a bush car together back in the day, you know, like Robbie Reiser and Matt Kenseth did, you know. But that that was really possible in the truck series because he had even lower tech. So it was a case where guys could go ahead, and, you know, you had guys, uh, oh, well, drawing a blank on the driver's name, but, of course, I remember the sponsor because it was delicious. When you had the Jelly Bellies truck that was running, and that was a guy that, you know, that sponsor was his local hometown sponsor that he brought up with him from the local short tracks racing at places like Bakersfield back in the day. And then when he went truck racing, he got to bring it up to uh, the NASCAR level, and the budget wasn't a killer. You know, you were talking $200,000 was a huge budget for a truck series back then. And, you know, now you, if you don't have about $5 million, forget it. Uh, Jim Englebright was was that it? That's the guy. Yeah, that is the guy. Old, oh, number man, old, it was a I lot of fun. I think oh two. So yeah, it was yeah. Uh, speaking of you know obscure, you know Alex, I'll take obscure NASCAR drivers for two hundred. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I when I was down in Indianapolis, I, I was talking to um uh, a driver, and I go, oh my gosh, I said I saw you qualify try to qualify at at indianapolis in 94 and it was uh rich um now see now i'm having a brain farty i had it right there and they went poof that's why i shouldn't be on jeopardy because that would probably happen to me uh i'll think of it in a second rich uh anyways i thought of inglebright now i forgot this one but anyways well let's step up uh i will i will interrupt you when i uh when you're answering my next question here um, it, there's a rumor of a NASCAR team might be going away. Is this true? Yeah. So here's, here's what happened this week. I was talking to one of my contacts in the sport and just out of the blue, they slammed out a, a big rumor. And I was like, duh, duh, duh. And, and it got me thinking, it's like, it's one thing when you see a, a smaller team that has to drop out of NASCAR but if we lose one of the major teams, and I'm not even going to 
even speculate and mention because this is a rumor that is unsubstantiated. I don't want to start costing guys their jobs or, you know, scrambling for a new job or whatever. But if it was true, I'm looking at this as a, as a case of if we see a major team cut back now and all of a sudden they drop their NASCAR program, are we looking at a case where this is a big sign that NASCAR has some serious trouble on on the way? I mean, we're looking at thin fields. That's fine because I don't care if 30 cars show up. As long as 25 of them are, co- you know, a competitive group, you're going to have a good race. But I really don't care about the 36 through 40th guys at the track. It's a horrible thing to say, but they weren't going to be a factor in the race anyway. But if all of a sudden the top 25 team bows out, that is a sign that you're in real trouble. And right now what's going on with NASCAR, of course, is they don't have a title sponsor lined up for next year. And they're talking about doing some, you know, fancy footwork with multiple title sponsors throughout the year. And whenever you hear somebody talking about doing something like that, you know what it means. They're not getting their price. So if they're not getting their price, that money goes into the points fund, and now it actually goes into uh, you know paying off these charter teams along with the TV money. If that money that pays out the teams substantially drops again, like it did when we went from Sprint to um, to Monster Energy, you're talking a change that teams are not ready for because the cost of racing keeps going up. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, Rich Woodland Jr. was the driver I was thinking of. Oh, wow, that is an obscure name. Yeah, Winston West driver. And uh, the deal was uh, they brought out a bunch of Winston West drivers to the Brickyard to kind of add, you know, add drivers. Uh, they, I think they had 76-some drivers, I think, yeah. take qualifying times. And one, uh, they had one provisional, they had one provisional for one of the, one of the guys from the Winston West teams was going to make it, and that was Mike Chase. Who uh, who made the uh, who made the field on a, on a provisional? So yeah, that was that was I I, I still remember that uh, that that second round qualifying and I mean that was I mean talk about exciting that was exciting seeing those guys. <laughs> Tim, I, I I think it was Tim Steele started to crash in turn one and ended up down the backstretch. Uh, you know, saved it, hit the wall, saved it, hit the wall. It just it was it was it was incredible. Uh, a lot of a lot of fun. Put a, Indy put up a huge purse for it was, yeah. Compared to compared, if you look at the price at the purse money that was available for that race versus like the next twenty races in NASCAR, the only one that had a bigger purse was the Daytona Five Hundred. Mm-hmm, even races, even traditional races like the World Six Hundred back then, didn't have anywhere near the purse that what Indy put up. So. They took a big gamble putting that much money on the line, and they certainly got the team showing up. And that, again, was back in the day when you could, you know, build a car and go racing four or five times a year and afford to do it but, and afford to live off the purse money that you want. You know, that's the, the big difference between now and then is now the purse money, or in this case the charter money that they win, only makes up maybe, maybe, a quarter of their budget. Mm-hmm. Roger Penske, about a month and a half ago, I think it might have been two months ago, said uh, NASCAR needs to move up 
their next generation cup car. And, uh, you, you know, Roger's one of these guys when, when, when Roger speaks, a lot of people, you know, listen, he's one of these guys, you know, if he says, well, maybe we should think about this. That's his way of saying, you guys better do this. And, uh, and I guess Roger, uh, Stated uh, earlier this week, he's looking at a shorter schedule in NASCAR. Yeah, and that's the thing is, like you say, there's certain people when they talk in NASCAR, you kind of just nod your head and go, okay, that's fine. You know, when I hear a lot of the drivers talk, it's like, okay, you know, great. That that you just want a shorter work work schedule during the year. That's one thing. But when you hear an owner that has done it all, like Roger Penske, but is not only a great team owner, but a great businessman. You know that he has looked at this and thought it through as more than just a whim of saying something. So there's something that Roger sees that he thinks could be done. And when it comes to racing, I think I'll trust Roger Penske's opinion over just about anybody else. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> one of the most respected uh, men in motorsports, but also not only that, but just in the world of business, you know, Roger. Roger's one of these guys. You know, he he does everything good, and that's why everybody hates him. I'm just kidding. Yeah, uh, he gets out of he gets <laughs> out of the track ownership business just in time before the market starts uh, going down. So uh, he's got a pretty good read on everything financially. Uh, yes, he does. He certainly does. And I guess drivers are upset about Joey Logano jumping to restart. Drivers have always been upset whoever wins on the restart. Isn't that true? Oh, absolutely. But here is the ironic thing that goes on in NASCAR when it comes to the restarts: is they're still calling this over what it looks like out there. They've got all this high-tech data. You can see if the guy accelerated early. You can GPS his location right on the track, and you can know exactly where it happens. They use all this high-tech stuff to penalize a team on pit road when all the guy does is have one finger touch pit lane when he's over the wall, right. you know, trying to grab a tire. And if he touches the wall, that's a safety violation, and you know, you instantly have the team penalized. But when it comes to restarts, they're still calling it off of the looks instead of the technology. The technology is a slam dunk. It would let you know. And, of course, the drivers are going to take advantage of it because if you're not calling it real strict off the technology, they're going to get away with it. Yeah, it's just – yeah, it, it does get frustrating. It certainly does. Um uh, speaking of frustrating, I shouldn't say that, but uh, NASCAR's in Iowa. I love Iowa. I was just in oh. Iowa a couple weeks ago uh, for a National Sprint Car Hall of Fame induction committee uh, meeting and, and also for their inductions and, and at the Hall of Fame. Uh, the people in Iowa are so nice. NASCAR is out there uh, running at Iowa Speedway, and it, it's one of the funnest tracks to go to from a fan's perspective, isn't it? Oh, I love that place. I was at the very, very first race at Iowa Speedway when the old uh, uh, the old Hooters Cup Series race there, and also saw the first ARCA race there, saw the first NASCAR race there. It is a facility. It's a short track, mm-hmm. but it's a short track with a with sort of a super speedway feel to it. And it was the first track of its kind to be built 
with a safer barrier around the entire track. I mean, they were ahead of their time and really thought this out. It's one of the more safe facilities out there, but it is such a fan. Uh, it's a fan-friendly place. It's easy to get on and off Interstate 80. The track facility itself is great, and you're right. Iowa hospitality. I got I got neighbors. Well, I've got a lot of relatives in Cedar Rapids, and I can tell you that old Iowa charm is is a real thing, and they really have it on display at Iowa Speedway. Dennis, thank you. We appreciate you coming on the show as always, and uh, hope things are good in Central. Where uh, I guess was it Central Illinois? I guess I should say in your secret yeah, lair. Technic, technically East central illinois how about that it's uh no it's beautiful down here and uh yeah we had some excitement one of my d mike media clients uh got discovered by the memphis grizzlies basketball team to oh. work for a semi-pro basketball team and our interview with ishmael nance got him recognized and has him down in training camp for rookies uh rookie tryouts this weekend so yeah. uh, Always fun when you can have that happen, and always some exciting stuff going on at D-Mike Media. All right, appreciate it. Also, frontstretch.com, too, correct? Absolutely. Writing at Front Stretch, my odds and ends column uh, can be seen uh, late Wednesday night, early Thursday morning, and there is so much great coverage over at Front Stretch. Uh, the, my two favorite, well, three favorite places to go for racing news, Speed Sport, Front Stretch, and jayski.com is back, so that's good news, too. All right, very good. Dennis Michelson, appreciate joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with David Hobbs Honda. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Make sure to check out GreatLakesDragway.com. Also, make sure to check out their social media feeds, especially Facebook, for up to date updates on weather and such. And uh, make sure to get out to Great Lakes Dragway this weekend. Also, like to thank David Hobbs Honda, DavidHobbs.com, for all the best in new and used vehicles. And it's Steve Zotke along with Mitch, the mayor, Mayor Mitch Ross. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing fantastic today. Um, obviously, the Milwaukee Miles alive again this weekend. Yes, and, it is. And, and what are what are your some of your favorite things and, and memories about the Milwaukee Mile over, over the years, Steve? You've been around for for quite a while. Quite a while. You know, I, I hate to remind you, but yeah, <laughs> I'm not the oldest guy here at. the there's two people older than me, thankfully. No, three. So that's good. Not counting the big guy. But I mean, you've been doing this for how many years? Yeah, 30? I've been, uh, prof- Late 80s? Professionally, I've been doing it for 25 years. Doesn't so early that. 90s? Yeah. That's what I thought. Somewhere in there. Uh, actually, no, actually, I take that back. About as long as I've been alive, Steve. Oh, gosh. That's just. I'm going to be 30 in like a month. Oh, you're no, an old man. No, in like man. two weeks. You're an old man. Yeah, it sucks. Wow. Uh, it stinks. 
I've been going out there since I was a kid. And I was, uh, somebody asked me that yesterday. And I said, yeah, well, the first time I went to the mile, I was not happy about it. Because it was a, a stock car race. And back when they were running the Hemis. And was, you were how old? Uh, I was probably about four. Did they? Did, did your no. parents? Did your parents have a little headset no. for you? No, 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 not back then. No ear protection. No. Now they so. got kids at basketball yeah. games wearing those things. Right, like that's loud. So the dust. I, I don't even know what the decibel level of a kind of, of a, explains a lot. You know, of a hemi. Of- <laughs> yeah, it, it was. It was quite painful. It literally, and uh, yeah, I was not happy with the noise. Uh, but you know, a- anything with sports. You know, I, I was talking about the first Brewer game I went to, and you walk. You know, when I walked into County Stadium, the first thing you notice is how bright and green the grass yep. is. And you know, same thing with a racetrack. When you go to a racetrack the first time, you see how bright the the cars are. Every every everything when you go to a sporting event like that, it seems like everything is brighter. And uh, just being like then it looks on TV and stuff like that. Yeah, I remember the first time I went to Lambo. You walk out into the from the concourse into. Right. You know the the bowl, and it's like, man, this field's kind of small. <laughs> In a way, it looks yeah. so big on TV, and then the actual field when you see it and you walk out and like the field goal posts are really cool to me seeing right. those things and and how uh, bright they are, how bright yellow they are, yeah, yeah. and just like you know the little tassels waving and then you know just like how small the field looked. Did you know the Packers played at the Milwaukee Mile? Did they? Yes. In fact, the what, how did that 1939 happen? championship game was played there. Oh, jeez. The NFL championship game against the New York Giants. So we're going way back. So if, you, if you've been to the Milwaukee Mile. I thought you meant like 1990 or something. No, 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 no. That was uh, County Stadium, though. But, yeah, well, and that, and that was how Green Bay insured itself because the part of, of the, the gold package, the gold ticket package and all that, well, you know, people go, I don't know how Green Bay survived. Well, how how did Green Bay survive by playing four games in Milwaukee? So they played at the Milwaukee Mile, and then when they built County Stadium, that's when they moved over to to County Stadium. Because don't forget, when they built County Stadium, Milwaukee didn't have a baseball team. Right? Imagine that happening now. So they built this huge stadium with, uh, yeah, we're hoping to get baseball, but you know they 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 did have the Brewers. I mean the uh, Packers. Were, uh, were, were, were playing their games there. But, yeah, at the Milwaukee Mile in 1939, they won, I think, 37 to nothing. And the, the um, what they did was the 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 play, playing field was to the south end of the paddock. So roughly where the track is now, uh, just behind the pit area, and, and it, so towards the south end, and then they would set up temporary bleachers on the other side. In fact, that white building that's right in the middle of the of the infield, where there's still bathrooms in that, on that north end, uh, there's there's still locker rooms in there for where the players played. Yikes! And that in and then in the '60s and '70s, that's where a lot of the race car drivers then would change into their uniform before the race was in there. Well, they still have the original locker rooms at Wrigley Field, I think, too. So I guess it's not. I've heard uh, that. I've heard that. Not, uh, not. I think for the visitors at least, it's really crappy. But yeah, I, that's that's crazy. But for uh, stock car racing, of course, you know, just the USAC stock car racing uh, in the seventies, and seeing guys like you know Ramos Stott and Bade Arnell, Norm Nelson, and all those guys race, and Bobby Unser in the K and K Insurance Dodge and all that, and plus IndyCar racing, you got Mike Mosley, of course, in the Dan Gurney Eagle winning 
from last to first, 1981. So make sure you get out to the Milwaukee Mile this tomorrow, Father's Day. Should be a good time. Weather should be fun. So get out there for the Arca Late Models and, and see some of those vintage Indy cars I used to run at the Milwaukee Mile. So it should be a lot of fun. Coming up next, we're going to be talking with Indy Lights driver Aaron Tielitz as the Road America and the IndyCar Series is coming to Road America next week. Coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.